Like, if Jake and Cassie had gotten married, Marco would end up sleeping on the yeah. couch. Marco lives in the doghouse out in the front lawn. Marco sleeps directly between Jake and Cassie every <laughs> night. <laughs> he's supposed <laughs> to sleep on the couch, and then he worms his way up between them. They're co-sleeping with him like he's their baby. <laughs> <laughs> moment to change your lane I came home from the wasteland heroic and triumphant like a comic book girl created out of nothing like a comic book girl hey I have a friend who actually said that they got picked up by that and they like literally don't have the morphing technology and got put on, like, a watch list. Oh, my God. Where was it? Do you know? It was Bloomfield, New Jersey. I have no idea where that is, dude. do I. (laughs) I try to avoid New Jersey at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most densely populated state. I think that's part of the reason that the more Is it really? What? Yes, it it is. That's the most densely populated state. And I know that because I went there to visit someone, and I went on a date with someone, and I lied when I asked where I was staying because I didn't want to tell them. And I told them I was staying on my uncle, my uncle's farm. And he was like, wow, your uncle has a farm in the most densely populated state? And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, Erso. And then I got caught you in like a three said house. You could have just said I house. Just... <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to make, I, you know. This is an extremely you story. <laughs> I wanted to, you know, make it seem like. You wanted to lie to this person. I wanted to make sure there was no way he could follow me home, you know? Yeah, no, I feel that. I met up with an internet friend the other day, and I was being really lazy, so we met up. uh, Look at you all with your social lives, weird. (laughs) We met up, like, a little closer to my place than I really wanted to admit. So I totally, like, got in her car, because whatever. And when she dropped me back, we've known each other for a while. When she dropped me back off, I, like, took a route in the opposite direction from my place, you wanted to see where I was walking. Cool, all right. I'm the only person with normal friends around here who I didn't <laughs> no, meet. No, you don't friend. have normal friends. You have us. Yeah, we interrupt you all the time. Hi. 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 Hi, Parker. Hi, Parker. Holding hey, the Parker. talking knife. What if I bit you? <gasps> you, you? You touched my elbow with your chin. You didn't bite me. <laughs> I didn't want to bite you without your consent. <laughs> Good to get consent before biting. Let's talk about Animal Human- Volume 53 trauma books the yeah book series. this one was depressing i am depressed that's cool <laughs> today in trauma books the book series we're talking about trauma book number 53 the answer narrated by jake berenson jake we can berenson, say his last the name oh, yeah obviously when i was reading these like for the first time i knew that was his last name because like famous historical figure right you learned about him in school yeah but still, the Im- going like 52 books without him saying his last name, and then the impact of him saying that in book 53 just like knocked my socks off. It hit like a truck. It was just so intense and powerful. It almost wor- it works like a narrative payoff insofar as these are an experience to read. My name is Jake. My name is Jake Berenson. The days of secrecy, of lurking in the shadows, are over. The Yerks know my name. They know my height, weight, eye color, social security number, and favorite foods. At long last, they know the word animorph. Marco's word for us. 
that paragraph. I just feel like I've I've stored so much tension in my chest for so long that I was holding up because I was imagining the idea of Visser 3, or Visser 1, sorry. Um, you don't need to apologize to him, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead and he sucks. I had I just had this idea in my head for ages of Visser 3 finally finding out that they were children the whole time and being beyond rage and just like on another level and losing it and them being able to gloat in that moment. And it was interesting that it didn't happen that way. I just never really knew about that. And so reading the scene where he's like just disappointed and deflated and he knows he's defeated and that's past the point. It just reminds me how the kids mature over the course of their lives, over the course of this war to such a degree where, you know, fighting Visser 3 isn't important. Like, at a certain point, I remember Axe having said that it was his, like, life goal and necessary to get vengeance for his brother. And that's not the most important thing because they do so many other things that are so horrible. So, like, the the joke I guess I could make here is where were you on your invasion day? But, like, obviously your invasion day was a long time. didn't exist. <laughs> so much happens in this journal that I straight up completely sorry dude forgot about arbron i knew that like something happened with the taxons i just totally forgot arbron existed man oh yeah arbron y'all should have read the andalite chronicles y'all should have read the andalite chronicles y'all should have done the extra reading that was for extra credit i'm erso and i'm a teacher's pet even though we don't have a teacher anymore because he died it's so (laughs) what why would you say that Disrespecting his memory. He's a nice. Oh, I'm here, so I have daddy issues. Don't call my daddy issues. Um. <laughs> I'm Ariso and I look up to any like nice male authority figure okay. in my life, and I want to do it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Arbron. That's why it just—it's so interesting, like, and understanding where all that came from, and that, like, and the fact that we get to—we like, got to hear from Aloran here as well. I know there's lots of other records of him, and I'm, thankfully not, he had like a not Lauren, but a Lauren. No, I, did I say Lauren? I meant I said. No, you said a Lauren. A Lauren. A Lauren Cemetery Coras. A Lauren Cemetery Coras. I guess they both work. Is it a regionalism? We're from the same area. I don't I'm know. not. I think you're just dumb. Oh, <laughs> that was mean. Oh, Parker, don't be sad. We're still friends with you, even though you're short and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Jake does himself a big fall through the floor and shows up in front of a bunch of taxons, one of whom begins to speak to him in thought speak. That uh, doesn't match his previously assumed taxonomy of them. That 10 out of 10. Barely works. 10 out of 10. Very good. Arbron turns out to have been a like cohort under Alaran with Elfangor. Everyone knows each other. Like, how, are there like five Andalites in the world? <laughs> No, okay. (laughs) Elfangor, Alaran, and Arbron all go on an important journey together, and that's what makes them famous, is they, they, like, discover the Taxon homeworld. Like, they're important because they they know each other. Maybe they shouldn't have. Then they wouldn't have gotten the opportunity. What I'm trying to say here is that the reason, like, as part of discovering the Taxon homeworld, Arbron ends up becoming a Nothlet. Also, if they hadn't discovered the Taxon homeworlds, who knows whether or not the Taxons would... Would have come into play. Would have come into play, or... Yeah. I didn't think that Arbron was even still alive. Again, I just straight forgot the dude existed. <laughs> Sorry to this man. What is the natural lifespan of a taxon? Are they like lobsters where they'll just 
keep growing. There is sort of a vague sideways reference to their lifespan in this journal because they're talking about what the taxons might want to morph instead of taxons. And they specifically are talking about, oh, we should give them something with like an equivalently long lifespan. The... um... I need that knife right now. My taxon conda don't want you do, it. <laughs> unless you got cinnamon bunza. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you can have it. Dreadful. Bunza. No, I don't want it. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Cassie knows all the cool anaconda facts. Yeah, the anaconda is part of the python family. Snakes are far from the kind of hunger taxon knows. They have very slow metabolisms that don't want none. <laughs> Cassie, in general, is just really smart in this journal because she is the one who, it turns out, has been following X the whole time he's been betraying them to end light leadership, and she totally knows what he's up to and totally gets that the plan is going to be for them to, like, nuke Earth from orbit. So go Cassie! And everyone's like, Cassie was right, and I'm like, yes, vindication for Cassie. Thank you. Cassie is the hero of the journal, as all. Chapter 3, Toby says, There are hundreds of captive fork aboard the pool ship. If we could free at least a portion of them, and of course there are the ship's massive <laughs> weapon systems and magic controlling all that power. Marco says, Take it? Steal the pool ship? Rachel jabbed a finger at Toby. This is my girl, she said. Yes! <laughs> Rachel, Toby, bromance! Yes. I too want to be Rachel's girl. Jake intentionally snubs Cassie after the war council and is like, okay, you're not part of this plan. Well, unintentionally intentionally. Yeah, Jake attempts to, like, have a tactical conversation with Tobias. He's like, Tobias, did you notice that Pillar of Smoke off to the south of where we were? And Tobias is not having any of it. What yeah. you did to Cassie was beyond wrong. And uh, he sort of, like, has that conversation with that uh, with Tobias. Tobias flies off in a huff. Tobias, I need you to see, figure out exactly where it's coming from now. I mean, if you could spare the time from busting me. And then Jake says, yeah, I hung my head. I didn't mean to do that with Cassie. It was stuff that happens sometimes. And Marco replies, uh-huh, I better get going. It's like, oops, it looks like you were trying to express an emotion in front of me. How embarrassing for you. <laughs> Cassie does just get so much vindication throughout this whole journal and the next one. Cassie's like, whole existence is just that that gif of that guy from Eric Andre's show being like, why are you booing me? I'm right. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but because she also, she has that quiet moment with Jake where he's, you know, telling her he loves her and he's like what if we got married you're 16 and cassie is but like, to have that moment i know like, but, and, so but then cassie immediately is like sad about it and she's like i think i can readjust after the war do you think you can and jake's like of course i can and cassie was right yeah. because yeah. as we all have read journal 54 and we know from history cassie was right Cassie is always right. They move over to uh, ATF-1, Alien Task Force 1, to attempt to, which is also funny because it's out for all tobacco and firearms. To you? I'd never heard that before in my life. ATF? No. Oh, okay. I'm boring. I guess so. They uh, they were like, okay, y'all, we gotta go talk to these military people. They have to try to so hard to convince the military people, but also before, before we get to them trying really hard to convince the military people, I want to talk about the fact that they're, like, bringing this place out of retirement and setting it up, and by they, I mean the, the, the United States military. The United States military uses they, them pronouns. <laughs> um, the United States military is a cat girl who uses they, them pronouns. <clears throat> Coming in as birds of prey again, we spotted machine gun nests, tank emplacements, and artillery park, well camouflaged in the trees down by the valley. Helicopters flew, constant patrols. Razor wire was going up everywhere. Soldiers were laying minefields on both sides of the only road. Y'all, I'm pretty sure minefields are illegal, like... I think at this point everyone's kind of past the point of caring about You can't kill people, that's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, 
We've talked about the Geneva Convention so many times. And we'll talk about it again for this journal, This, buddy. I'm pretty sure, is explicitly against the Geneva Conventions, and this is a military. This is a, a nation's yeah, military. Yeah, yeah. That's the Geneva Convention. Geneva? I hardly know her. <laughs> Geneva funny. hand in there? Yeah, that's Geneva. good. Yeah, that's Geneva. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, there's a there's a real clown situation where they try to Punk. convince the military people that like, yes, this is real. Yes, there are they God. they morph in front of a general man like and twenty times, and he manages to capture them. They threw me in, not at all gently. I was a prisoner. Three minutes later, I demorphed in front of General Doubleday again. He had me tackled once more, handcuffed, shackled, my mouth duct taped shut. Three minutes later, I demorphed in front of General Doubleday. General, why don't you stop being stupid and listen? I said, he stopped being stupid. But not until the fourth time I demorphed in front of him. <laughs> I love, like, overly long jokes. Yes, and then at last he narrowed his eyes and looked at me and said, All right, Mr. Alien, what have you got to say to me? It's Mr. Like, Alien! Uh, Jake comes back from his clandestine meeting with Arbron, and he's mm. like, oh, the, the, the taxons would like to defect. And he's like, hey, y'all, the taxons want to defect. And Axe is immediately like, no, we're not allowing the taxons to morph. And everyone is like, Axe, shut up, shove Axe. it. Even <laughs> no one it, cares, Axe. Even if it means stopping a war, saving a planet, and disarming their greatest enemy, Cassie asked, are they the Andalite government? That's stubborn? That's stupid? Axe's main eye flash. What they will say is that it is a trick, that the universe are using the taxons to acquire more morphing power to become even more formidable foes. Mark is like, the Andalite High Command is not going to trust us that far. And and Rachel responds, the Andalite High Command could drop dead. What could have they ever done to us? I'm like, yes, again, Rachel is correct also in this book. That's why they plan to blast their plan to the Andalite public as well as the government. Which, like, brilliant. That is such a good way to get around an autocracy. Like, ugh, excellent. Yeah, it's cool to see something like that working. And it's amazing that, like, I don't know, it's just so funny to think that, like, eight journals ago or something, they were, like... All they had was that little Z-Space transponder, and now they're here. Yeah, although I do feel like both current events that we've lived through and in the journal where the governor goes public, we've seen that a lot of times the public doesn't care or is very easily, like, lied to. So I, I have not yet reread Journal 54, and for obvious reasons, the Andalite side of things has never been my most interesting topic that I'm most interested in. So, I actually don't remember how well it goes. I don't know. Shoot me down if this seems messed up, but perhaps this is an effective strategy because the Andalites are a culture obsessed with honor. Mmm, good point. Whereas ours is not. Not. <laughs> not. Period. You know, that might End be, of sentence. Yeah. It was at one point, perhaps. This really yeah. makes... It makes me think about, like, citizen... Not citizen recruitment efforts, but, like, the efforts that the government put into the propaganda and into shaping the culture around the time of the Second World War. Oh, victory gardens, and, like, you should can your own food, and, like, rubber drives, and buy war bonds and stuff. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Right. Like, in that period of time, everybody was in the country... Like, I don't know, I guess the, the image that they tried to create, and I don't know how effective this was, but I know that it was a big part of the culture was that people were united in like, hey, everybody's at war right now, and the U.S. is where we live, and we want to do what we can to support that. Flash forward to the later major conflicts in the history of the United States, and like, that sort of national unity just doesn't exist anymore. I mean... Which is a good thing, IMO. Oh, definitely, it's a good thing. Do you think it was Vietnam? I am not versed enough in the history of, like, the 1900s, really, of the U.S., except for the fashion, which is intertwined in many ways with war, uh, especially because I'm really into 1940s fashion, and 1940s fashion is indelibly, indelibly shaped by World War II. Um, but that being said, I feel like if there was stuff before it, I feel like Vietnam was, like, the big one, yeah. where it's, like, really people object 
like visibly and publicly and in large numbers. Yeah. Part of it was the intergenerational trauma that they had had at that point from three world wars. Three? Two world wars. <laughs> I wonder at what point, I mean, it's impressive that, you know, it's gone this long, but I wonder at what point the Andalite government will have their Vietnam. I'm just picturing Andalite flower children now, and it's very fun. The little, they have little flowers, two flower crowns, one around each eye stalk, and they're holding like little give peace a chance signs, and they're singing Peter, Paul, and Mary. I love this. Can I talk about the Elemis Chronicles now? No. Yes, go for it. Yeah. I'm just going to roll my eyes. Um, <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> I contain multitudes. <laughs> just a, a brief aside about the Elemis Chronicles. Insofar as you believe the Elemis Chronicles. I don't. There is a part in the Elemis Chronicles where he intervenes in the Andalites' evolution as a species. And it's interesting because the way that they start out is like very different, but also like he, he starts like their technological revolution to a degree. And they're all like wild flyer, what did you say before? Wild childs? Flower, flower, flower children. Flower children. And um, it's kind of adorable to see. That sucks. What sucks? That they, they used to be flower children and then weren't. Yeah, and then they turned into warmongering. Sounds like America. As you mentioned earlier, uh, Cassandra, there's a conversation between Jake and Cassie no, no, where... No, I'm Erso, not Cassandra. Did I say Erso? I'm Erso. That's Cassandra. <laughs> no, 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 no. Erso is the scientist. That's Erso's monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sexy. Yeah, that, that is rules. sexy. Um, <laughs> conversation and they're like oh maybe we'll get married after this but the the thing that i think is really important about this exchange other than just like here's some traumatized teens and we're doing a trauma bond to one another is that cassie makes the only joke that she makes in this book in this particular bit and it's hysterical i don't remember neither of them end up laughing at it <laughs> but it's so good like yeah jake says that it's very cassie to come up with a funny joke and then no not one laughs it, yeah and i'll have it land because it's like the wrong moment yeah <laughs> where like they're they're sort of doing the thing and she says hey if we get married mark Marco isn't going to live with us, is he? <laughs> oh my god. The thing is... An incredible joke. <laughs> the best joke in the book. The thing is, Marco totally would, though. Like, if Jake and Cassie had gotten married, Marco would end up sleeping on the yeah. couch. Marco lives in the doghouse out in the front lawn. Marco sleeps directly between Jake and Cassie every <laughs> night. He, he's supposed <laughs> to sleep on the couch, and then he worms his way up between them. They're co-sleeping with him like he's their baby. <laughs> <laughs> Leave room for Jesus and me. <laughs> Let's talk about the bit in my notes in chapter 16 where my, my note here says, wow, what the f scumbag Animorph, Jake Animorph Berenson. It's the worst. It's the bit um, where he becomes the worst where I'm pretty sure that's the bit where he's blackmailing Eric. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I have multiple notes that are just like, oh no, here we go. I am in pain. Jake, you <laughs> Yeah, so I have a lot of notes that are just me cussing Jake out. I feel like... The blackmailing part is, like, bad, but then the 17,000 Yerks is, like... Worse. If you try to argue that it's not, I'm going feral. I'm not saying anything! <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm just, just... I saw your face. Okay, so the things that make Jacob Berenson... Suck. Scumbag Animorph Jake Animorph Berenson in my notes. 
I mean, he tells Axtolai to the Andalite military, which is not that big a deal to be I am honest. very pro-lying to the Andalite um, military, yeah, we're, personally. We're pro- I love to lie to authority figures. Uh, he, uh, we're pro-lying to the Andalite government so much that we might even be anti-Andalite government. But you didn't hear it from us. And, um, <laughs> he then goes on to uh, sort of talk to James and be like, I need every last one of you on the front lines. You're going to be our cannon fodder. And James is like maybe you could maybe be chill about it a little bit? And he's like, no. Like, if we lose this, it's gone. You all you all need to be there. And you're disabled, so you're expendable. Yeah. Kill. Yeah. Kill. Fight. Maim. It's very bad. But they're literally called auxiliary. If Jacob Animorphs wasn't already dead, I would kill him myself. The bit that I think prompted the note that I wrote was, uh, so you don't like me telling you what to do? You don't like your job? You don't like me, period? I don't really care. Before this night is over, the casualties will be piled high, and some of you standing here right now will be dead, and I don't care because we're going to win. Is that clear? We're taking that pool ship, and before this night is over, we'll have Visser 1 right here, and he clenches his fist. And Marco makes some comment about him turning into Rachel, which I feel like does Rachel a huge injustice, to be totally honest. And then he starts blackmailing Eric, which I think is maybe the lowest thing that he does that it maybe isn't murdering 17,000 people. Eric is the <sighs> purest soul. I mean, all the yes. she are... isn't. She kind of suck, dude. What? Okay. I feel like that she kind of suck. Okay, um, expand on that more, please. <laughs> yeah. No. No, I will. <laughs> I just, I really hate smug pacifists. The kind that will not act in the face of more, like, won't take radical action to make yeah. something more important happen. Yeah. Like, pacifists who are willing to be unpacific in the service of peace, cool and rad. Pacifists who are balls of rage, who are so pissed off that people are not peaceful, cool and rad. Pacifists who are like, I'm not getting involved because hitting people is bad and we should all just love each other. Strangle. And I feel like the chi use their programming as an excuse way too often because there are so many situations where they could get around that think about we talked about this before and this was actually something that i'd seen someone else talking about that really made me think on this train of thought was that there is so much violence in this world that as far as we know the chi have never acted to intervene in like so many wars famines slavery like there's so much stuff you can do to stop that and avert that violence and they're they have such a hands-off approach to stuff when it's like there's so much you can do without like actually killing someone and you just don't because all you care about are your dogs and i love dogs all i care about is dogs too but i also care about people sometimes and they don't it's kind of the same with the script nah like they are a are they the libertarians libertarians <laughs> yeah the, the libertarian aliens <laughs> the, the hyper capitalists is like oh going to the no <laughs> no, the not the the libertarian hyper capitalist ones were the ones that were like Iscrut. Iscrut. This Iscort. Iscort. That's what it is. This is there way too long. Um no, the Scritna are the names they get mentioned by familiar. name. Yeah. Right. They do. But they are more prominently in the other books. But just to provide a little bit more context, the Scritna are not libertarians. They're not libertarians, <laughs> no. They they're are Scrit not libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like little gray aliens that they have a, a pupil phase, P U P A L pupil oh, phase. Yeah. And they like gestate into like a, a bug form and then they change into their regular form, which look like small humanoids with like large black eyes yeah. and like large heads. And they have been studying humans for approximately as long as the Chi have but have never intervened. 
So it's like, I think it's because in part they have a society that is like stragglers from a society that once was something and they're like picking up the remnants of whatever's left on Earth. But just to think about the fact that they're like, there are all these alien species who could have intervened that aren't like the LMS to have some like, at least theoretically have some philosophy or moral code. These other more down to earth alien species forgive the pun, <laughs> like, could have intervened at some point, including the chi. The specific thing that I do want to say about the chi, though, is that they are very integrated into human society and blending, and they blend in with human society, and they are part of it, and they are affected by it, especially because they, like, care about dogs so much, and dogs and humans are so linked that it's kind of like, you should be helping, dude, please. I agree. Like, they might as well be a part of Earth. Yeah, they basically are, because this is where they live. <clears throat> Sorry, you have the talking knife. Go ahead. I think your your lack of generosity towards the chi is a gross mischaracterization of them. I love to be ungenerous. Anyway. I love to grossly mischaracterize. Yeah, I love to be grossly <laughs> mischaracterized. The whole thing about the chi is that they keep themselves secret, so we don't know about all of the things that they do to prevent violence and death and famine and war in the world in general. Uh, browbeating them like this sort of implies that they are totally passive and totally like unwilling to sort of it, it, sort of provide any amount of aid i waited patiently while you spoke while you grossly mischaracterized the chi and i would appreciate it if you did the same um no i i don't i don't think that we we don't see the sum total of their contribution to the entirety of earth history up until this point i don't think that that means they contributed nothing and I think that the fact that they have this extremely thoroughly written and extremely, like, restrictive programming is enough. I think you saying that they lean on it and they use it as an excuse is wrong. Well, but I think everything we've seen of them thus far when they've talked about how they approach history and living with humanity has been that they have not necessarily like a total non-interference policy because obviously they're adopting stray dogs and stuff like that but that they really try to not interfere like if i remember again it's been so long because we've been doing this for like over a year at this point quite a few of the chi were very against helping the animorphs do we think jake did the right thing with regards no. to eric Oh, regards to Eric, absolutely not. Oh, okay, not. yeah. So horrible thing, right? Terrible, but like, I am was actually, it necessary? I do not object to the Eric situation too much. Was it horrible? Absolutely. Was it necessary? As yeah. per Jake's metrics of like, I don't care who dies, I'm going to get this thing done. It was probably necessary to the implementation of his plan, but it's maybe not a good plan. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I am not smart enough strategically or tactically to come up with a better plan here, but they do pretty thoroughly try to choose other options for hacking the ship. First, they're like, well, Axe can hack it, but oh, well, it's going to be really hard because it resets every hour, so you'd have to keep rehacking it. You have to do it for every single system. Oh, Tom's going to give them the access codes, and Tom set it so that it repeats every 15 minutes, which means Axe is not going to be able to go fast enough to hack it. And then, oh, Tom betrayed them. The access codes definitely aren't going to work. And it still is presumably set at 15 minutes. So Axe really can't hack it. Like, they need someone who has a supercomputer for a brain um, to hack it. Is the plan that they come up with the best plan ever? I mean, I don't know. Because there are a lot of parts of this plan, obviously, that I object to a lot. I object to them using the auxiliary anamorphosis cannon fodder. Mm -hmm. While I think that if you do want to hack things forcing Eric in, into it is not the worst way to do it. 
obviously the blackmail and death threats are awful. Obviously, I object to flushing the Yerk pool into space. Jake Berenson, my beloved. What? It's internet slang. As much as I may relate to Marco, I, I am not actually Marco, so... I can't think of a better plan. Maybe you can. I would love it if there was a better plan. I was gonna ask, yeah, like, from the ground up, could there be a better plan for, like... I don't know, I mean... I'm sure there could have been, but uh, I got other stuff to do with my brain, and that's not and what I... their that's options not what are I, pretty limited. That's not what I spent my uh, my period of time in between t- reading this book and talking about it thinking about that's it. I'm sure we could figure it out. I'd probably have to read the journal again just to, like, you know, reassess all the factors, but I think that would be an interesting thought experiment. Which, like, also, it's not necessarily fair to them for us to have, like, all the time in the world and yeah. a non-stressful situation to come up with this plan. So, like, what happened, happened. Okay, so the question I have about the about the yerk pool getting flushed. Cassandra. Yes. Do you think they could have dealt a conclusive blow to the yerk invasion effort on Earth without flushing the yerk pool? Maybe not as conclusive. I think that they definitely could have done enough damage to make the Yurk Empire collectively throw its appendages in the air and say, ah, screw it, we're going somewhere else. Which, again, is not great because you don't want them to go conquer someone else. But, you know, it's the Animorphs. They're six idiot kids with a death wish. Very literally in these last couple of journals. Just defeating Visser 1 might be enough because it's like they've taken out everyone in the command structure at this point they you know defeated and killed him and if they potentially like damaged the Yerk pool ship badly enough to like ground it um you know they'd have three days to nothlet all the Yerks who wanted to be nothlets here's a possible plan ground the pool ship so that it cannot take off. The pool is actually even still functional, probably. Or maybe damage the Kindrona rays. Take out the leadership. They're already in the middle. I'm just spitballing. You said we were just spitballing, okay? Damaging the Kindrona rays will kill the Yerks. That's the Yes, but thing. they have three days. Yeah, they have three days. And they have the es- and yeah. get the Escapol device back. On pain of death. Well, the Yerks can choose to die if they want to. Like, you have three days. You damage the Kindrona rays. You have three days. You tell them, listen... If you are dedicated to imperialism so much that you are willing to die rather than become a Nothlet, go for it. Knock yourself out, buddy. Otherwise, you can choose to become a Nothlet. We will, you know, it would be a massive mobilization effort because you need people to, like, supervise them to make sure that they were not, like, keeping the ability to morph. And you need to be able to bring in animals for them to acquire or people. They probably wouldn't let them uh, acquire people yet. I am not saying this is a good plan or a great plan. I am just throwing it out there as a possible. It is an alternative, sure. Yeah, I feel like there's just, like, you could really work with Earth governments to, like... I just had a brilliant idea. What if they had gone to all the Earth governments and been like, hey, do you have any endangered species? Because, okay, yes, it would be true that they would still be genetically identical to the existing ones, but that would still at least be more organisms overall. This is deeply dystopian what you're suggesting what why <laughs> if they have to nothlet as an animal anyway why not nothlet as an endangered species because they're gonna spend their entire the rest of their entire lives in just like absolute loathing of their circumstances why why is that necessarily true because they're just it's just a random hodgepodge you you remove the ability for them to have a diaspora you remove it for them to for you remove from them the ability to sort of sustain their connections if you they're can just ask, all over no, the place. No, you can ask them and you can throw a bunch of them together. Yeah, it's an option. Like, like you can still... If, if you know, a f- group of 
Fat family and friends of Yerks all want to become like endangered rhinos together. They can. You know the problem with endangered rhinos. There's is only like two of them kill left. Them. Yeah, I know. humans kill them all the time for their. Sort of... But imagine if the endangered rhino has the intellect of a Yerk. Yeah, no, that this is poacher, messed up. This that is messed poacher up. is. Like no, this is a terrible plan. I completely disagree. I think this is an ingenious plan. <laughs> Thank you, Erso. Anyway, the other thing about grounding the pool ship is they could just send another pool ship. Yeah, but if you're taking out all of the leadership and that giant chunk of the Yerk Empire population and making them no longer Yerks or dead if they prefer to be dead, I feel like at a certain point, they've, they've talked about this before, at a certain point, the Yerk Empire is going to be like, actually, never mind about Earth. We changed our minds. In the same way that the Yerk Empire values some humans above others because of their like literal physical capacity and their like disability or ability, they would feel the same way about Yerks that were Nothlets. And there's a great chance that like that could turn the tide in Earth's favor for gaining allies. When Cassandra had told us many weeks ago that the Yerks gained the morphing ability, I assumed it was some kind of parlay or something mm -hmm. and not like there was mass murder and then that part just came afterwards. I think it's a great resource. If you have a bunch of sentient beings who want to be animals, why not let them be endangered species? Who want like, to be animals on threat of death otherwise. It's not really a free choice. You can have a unified world government at this point. There's an outside force threatening all of humanity. You can communicate as a global world network about this issue that affects everyone. This could, like, it could have been such an opportunity for, like, the UN to be, like, a positive thing. I will say that historically speaking, world the world government thing hasn't really worked out, even when there has been a different unified force threatening all the world, like yep. global warming or the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. What's COVID-19? <laughs> I just, I really hate reading how Jake talks about the Yerks and his decision to flush them because he talks about how they are like subhuman and unworthy of living and they started it and it's like dude come on it's just gross it's gross and it's I don't know speciesist xenophobic whatever you want to call it the cousins that <laughs> me up Jake and Rachel the, the Jake Rachel conversation about Tom I knew, like, I had read these journals before, and I knew the history, I knew it was coming, and it still just took me out. The only reason I did not dissolve into a sobbing pile of blubber on the couch is because I had to go switch my laundry around. Oh, she just switched my laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Bye! Your shirt, Jake? She asked solemnly when I had finished. Because if you tell me go, I'll follow your orders. You know what that means. Yeah, Rachel, I know what it means. Still, she hesitated. It won't be the year, Jake. It'll be Tom. It'll be him. I know that, I said. And I... If it happens, if it comes down that way, I don't have a plan for getting you out. You'll be on your own. That's how I like it. Okay, then. Get started. Make sure Cassie doesn't know. You still don't trust her? Rachel said angrily. She loves us both, Rachel, I said. I can't make her part of this. I can't let her know in advance, so... You know, if it happens, it happens. I don't want her spending the rest of her life wondering if she could have stopped it somehow. Rachel said... Okay, Jake, you're right. And you're right to use me for this. Not exactly something I'm proud of, maybe, but later, you know, if... Don't be blaming yourself, okay? And then she flies away. It's, can you just imagine telling your cousin an integral part of the plan is for you to kill my brother, who is also your cousin, and then you probably will also die in the process. 
it's messed up. It's really, it's yeah, awful. It's I don't even like Jake and Rachel that much a lot of the time, and this still made me cry. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll like, have to see what happens. Yeah. Next week we're reading Animorphs Volume Fifty Four, The Beginning, featuring the Rolling Stones on the cover. <laughs> Prepare to get depressed. Part Ooh. two. Get ready to take a double shot of a depresso, everyone. The Morph Report is on Patreon. We care a lot about accessibility, and we are paying someone to transcribe all of our episodes. We have a variety of tiers to choose from. Some of our tiers have some pretty juicy rewards. For example, if you pay enough money, you can even force us to watch the TV show and potentially read the other series by K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant, Everworld. We would really love it if you would check us out and consider supporting us. Thanks to Lee Zangari for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl and Complicated Spoon. You could find more of their music at leezangari.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Potomorphs, tweet at us or send us an email and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Check it out. We'll see you there. Y'all should have read the Andalite Chronicles. Y'all should have read the Andalite Chronicles. Oh Y'all God. should have done the ex- extra reading that was for extra credit. I'm Erso and I'm a teacher's pet <laughs> even though we don't have a teacher anymore because he died. It's so... <laughs> what? Why would you say that? <laughs> Disrespecting his memory. He's a nice... Ew, I'm Erso and I have daddy issues. <laughs> don't call my daddy issues. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ariso, and I look up to any like nice male authority figure okay. in my life, and I want to do it. <laughs> okay, okay. We have entered knife mode. <laughs> All modes are knife mode if you try hard and believe in yourself. <laughs>